Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to episode number six of the Band of Brothers podcast. My name's Steph, one of the team's press officers, and today we'll be chatting with team sports director Enrico Gasparotto ahead of the upcoming Giro d'Italia. So Gaspar, thanks very much for joining us. I'm uh, pretty happy to be part of this podcast and uh, yeah, ciao ragazzi, here we go. And of course I'm joined by my colleague Andreas Hartmann once again. Hello again, ciao Gaspar. Hey Steph. So to give a brief overview of what's coming up in this year's Giro, the race will kick off in Budapest this Friday with Hungary playing host to a total of three stages before the race then heads back to Italy for stage four. The 21 stage course will feature two individual time trials as well as seven flat, six hilly and six mountain stages in total. Our team's squad, which we announced a few days ago, will consist of Giovanni Aliotti, Cesare Benedetti, Emmanuel Buchmann, Patrick Gamper, Jai Hindley, Leonard Kemner, Wilco Kelderman and Ben Zwiehoff. So let's get stuck into some questions. Gaspar, you've done the big, all the big races in cycling as a rider, but tell us what's so special about the Giro? How does it feel to ride this race in particular? Yes, I mean, it's super easy for me to answer because, um, okay, now I'm Swiss, but I was born in Italy and uh, obviously uh, the Giro was uh, on my TV screen uh, since the, when I was a child, uh, when I was not a, a cyclist and uh, with my parents also, with my father, I, I went uh, pretty often to to see the, the stages on the mountains, on the Dolomites, when I was uh, really a kid. So for me to, to, be, to be then a professional cyclist and to be able to ride the Giro, it was always a great feeling. And uh, to be honest, I've, uh, I was pretty lucky in all my career because I could pass through my village many, many times. And that's also special because it's a special feeling to be back uh, where uh, everything started when I was uh, a young kid. The Chiro is is probably the most important and prestigious race right after the, the Tour de France. Where do you think this this might come from? Is it the history? I mean, can be, like you said, the history, because, uh, you know, since the very beginning, cycling in Italy has been really famous and uh, after the second world war was the most important sport in italy so probably is also thanks to history and uh, thanks also the culture of uh, cycling that uh, that we had in the past in italy probably now not uh, not that big anymore but uh, in the past was and, uh, and that's why i mean uh, for is a is a three weeks party i mean for italians you think it's not that big anymore? Or it, it used to be bigger at some time? I think that now it's becoming bigger and bigger. And um, I think uh, Giro struggled a bit in the past. Uh, the comparison with the Tour and uh, uh, struggled a bit to be compared to the Tour for, for a while. But I think now it's becoming year by year uh, more important uh, obviously it's not the same level of the tour because of worldwide interest 
but um, but at the end is uh, another uh, another important race and obviously is i think is the second you know most important event talking about big tours obviously now you mentioned that you used to go to watch the race with your parents when you were a kid can you tell us if you remember what's your first memory of the giro I will never forget one year that um, I mean two I have two special moments was one year when I was really really a child that uh, we went to Paso Pordoi on the Dolomites that we will also do this year in the Giro and uh, it was really snowing it was a super cold weather but uh, we couldn't find a place where to stay with my with my father and uh, and his friends and then uh, we we wait really for hours to the to the riders that could pass and um, and the Laurent Fignon uh, throw a bottle and they could catch that bottle so i still have few pictures at home uh, about that day and um, and the other one was in 2004 so just one year before that I turned professional that i went up to plan the corones with my friends with the tent and I stayed there three days in advance of the of the Giro and it was a pretty cool and nice party and uh, you know it stays it's a good memory also because the year after I was part of that uh, circus professional cycling and then uh, you know was kind of now I'm part of the game and then it's different story you know that's why I have also good memories about Plan de Coronas. <laughs> So it was a Frenchie who, who actually lit the fire and the passion of cycling for Enrico Gasparotto. Ah, a hero of cycling, that's what we have to say. Yeah. Why do you personally love the race? Is it because of it, it's a home race? Or what's a, do you have a special reason why you really love the race? Uh, I mean... I loved it when I was a child because uh, I tried with my parents to with my father to go all the times that we could to to see the race from the road. But uh, after that, obviously, uh, I have to say that now I did the Giro the first time in 2007 and on the first day I got the pink jersey immediately. And, uh, and then um, I was young as a cyclist, so I was only on my third year as a professional. And uh, I had really a big emotion. And, uh, you know, if I try to remember the emotion that I had, is I can feel the emotion still now. And uh, and I was lucky that that year we, we, we passed through my village in Friuli. That is a small village. And uh, all the village was with my pictures in, uh, in pink in every... In every corner, so that also was all something super special. That's why uh, I love the race. I love the ambience. Now, looking towards uh, this year's Giro, so Grand Tours sometimes start outside their home countries. Um, can you tell us why does that happen, and what do you personally think about that? I mean, uh, to answer to this question, probably we should ask to RCS why to the organizers. <laughs> Why we start uh, uh, the Giro not in Italy? Probably, I mean, uh, all the events are becoming more and more important and more follow worldwide. And that's why they try to do something different. And um, for cycling business, probably in general, it's a cool idea and it's a nice idea. 
if you ask me i'm more probably a traditional person and uh, i like traditions and uh, probably i'm a fan of uh, of the start of the giro in italy because it's the giro d'italia it calls giro d'italia and is a um, a tour around Italy so there, there are so many nice places in Italy and uh, and I'm still a fan of the styles in Italy. Can you explain for us as a team some of the logistics behind moving the team from Hungary to Italy? Yeah that's uh, I mean I, I'm new in the business I'm, I'm new new sport director so for me it's also the first experience how to deal with all these kind of logistics and obviously for us for a team it's a, it's a huge effort to to organize and to plan uh, everything in the right uh, in the right way uh, above all this year starting in Hungary and then uh, back to Italy but in Sicily uh, it, it costs uh, a lot of efforts by a team like our team and uh, obviously create a little bit more in a way chaos compared to a normal start in the in the country and um, there is a lot of planning in planning in advance already uh, in the camp in december and january we started to talk about it how to organize how to plan that and then is a um, is a never stop work i mean is is keep rolling and keep <laughs> keep keep bring me busy yeah, for all the time because uh, at the end um, there, are, there is always something different or there's always some changes that we have to do and we have to adapt to the situations and uh, I think also uh, we learn a lot in the last few years how, how, how important it is to be flexible all the time. So um, it has been a huge effort but I think everything is uh, at the moment a pretty good plan and... Um, and obviously we are looking forward to start and to to start to be in the daily routine that is much easier from my point of view than uh, than to sit at home and plan and try to plan everything in the best way possible when we look at the stages in in hungary is it just an easy build up for the for the stages down in in sicily then or do you already see the the possibility of some gaps in in hungary or after hungary I agree with you. If we only look at the profiles, then uh, probably can be a kind of warm-up compare what uh, what is expecting us in Italy. But uh, like every big tour that I experienced, uh, the first days are really um, dangerous for somehow because the stress, because everybody fresh, because um, everybody is super motivated, super happy to be part of this this circus. And then, uh, then uh, becomes uh, really important to be focused from the first day, even if it's uh, not that hard or mountain stage, and uh, to avoid any any kind of um, difficult situation that can can happen all the time. So, uh, yes, we have a time trial on the second day. That's uh, probably it's uh, it's a good thing for the riders because at, at least the risk of crashes is uh, avoided <laughs> and um, but the other two stages are uh, you know we can also find bad weather we can also find a strong wind uh, at the moment we don't know and uh, obviously the big tours you have to approach the big tours on daily basis 
it's just a process day by day and, uh, and be focused on the day that is waiting for you and that's it. Obviously, having always in the background the overview about all the three weeks, but is a, is a kind of focus on, on daily basis. So for me, at the end of the day, it's not a warm-up. It's already the start of the Giro and, uh, and uh, less mistakes that we do and better it is for the, for the upcoming period in Italy. So you mentioned keeping in mind those three weeks. I would imagine it's quite hard to maintain good form over those three weeks and normally the third week is going to be pretty decisive but this year we can already see some pretty important stages earlier on in the race how do you think that's going to affect this year's Giro and has that changed how our riders have prepared in the lead up to the race yes uh, you are right because the first uh, week in Italy is a pretty tough one and uh, from 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 one side, it's also nice to start uh, in a really hard way uh, from our sport director <laughs> prospection <laughs> because, um, you know, when, it ha- when it's so hard at the beginning, then everybody gets in, uh, in his own spot and then uh, uh, the race becomes a little bit less chaotic. And then also the, the fight for the pink jersey, for example, then is only for few riders, it's not anymore for all the bunch. And then uh, is also something that, um, that can prevent some chaotic situation on the finals. And, uh, and this is good for this way. On the other way, obviously, uh, change completely the approach to the Giro for the riders, because normally... In the past, we could see riders that were not at 100% directly from the start, but they improved day by day over the three weeks. And uh, probably this year is not the case. Uh, riders should be already fit, ready, and uh, in a really good shape from, uh, from the first week. And uh, if we see generally at the Giro, then the second week is a little bit um, uh, less hard. And, uh, and on the third week is super hard again. So it will be really important uh, to manage, you know, the, the shape and also the energies that, uh, that anyway the riders has to spend every day. There's, when we look at the stages, there's the obvious key stages, like uh, in the first week and in Sicily or maybe stage nine, the blockhouse climb, and then, of course, in the third week, in the high mountains but are there some stages you you think that can be key stages or super crucial stages which are not so obvious from from the first perspective you mentioned uh, sicily so for me it's uh, it's the friday in potenza uh, of the first week in italy that one is already important uh, because it's a pretty tough one with uh, 4,000 meters elevation gain. So, and uh, also in um, kind of uh, small roads or not super wide and good roads. And also what um, we should not be surprised by is the stage in Napoli the day after Potenza. Mm-hmm. So stage the stage eight. in Napoli... Exactly, stage eight, because it's, uh, yes, it's on the coast, around Napoli city, 
but uh, I think I could see only three kilometers straight in 150 so that means that it will be a pretty nervous one and uh, there are a lot of up and downs on the coast and uh, for me it will be pretty hard and tough and is exactly in the middle between Potenza and Blockhouse. Blockhouse is also another incredible hard stage. And then to not forget is also the stage in Torino. So at the end of the second week in Italy, uh, we, could, uh, we, could, uh, we could do the recon with Vilco on that stage and it was nice to do it because it's another stage in the city, but it's a proper mountain stage in a city of Torino. And uh, the same situation of Napoli, there are not so many straight roads and it will be pretty nervous and pretty tough all day long. And probably on the third week can be a little bit of a surprise, the stage in uh, Friuli, uh, in my home region, uh, because uh, there are a few new climbs that we never did before. And uh, so it's also hard and we are at the end of the Giro just before the last um, um, big stage that uh, will arrive at the top of Marmolada. So I think we have few uh, interesting, let's call them interesting stages in between the, the three weeks. Yeah, that's quite a few interesting stages. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and we are not mentioning the hard ones, the hardest ones, so... <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Bora Hans Grohe lineup for for the Giro. Um, we have three leaders: um, Emo, Wilco, and uh, and Chai. And uh, which which stage which stage fits for for which rider? Would you say? And we are the the strength of, of each rider? This is a good question and uh, it's also not easy to, to answer because uh, I think um, all of them, they show in the past that they could, uh, they could perform and they could fight for a podium spot at the end of the big tour. And... Um, uh, generally, the idea having all of them at the top shape uh, at the beginning of the Giro or at the Giro is to really have three cards to play. And, uh, and obviously it's difficult to say now that we are not at the race, that we are a few days before the race. And uh, I think that, um, that it's depending on, on each stage on the race situation. And uh, generally what I think is that all of them are a really good level on the first week and uh, they could uh, go over the first week in a pretty good position. Then on the third week and also in Torino, then we, um, we can start to play and to... To, to use all of them in a way that um, that we can fight for a, for a big result. I mean, uh, having few people up there, it helps a lot to, to play different cards. And uh, I mean, I think that in the past we could see how Emu develops uh, during the three-week stage races. So probably is the one that can be good on the last week. And uh, for example, Vilko is so stable, so constant uh, on uh, in terms of performances during the all three weeks, and uh, is 
pretty solid rider, uh, I have to say. And uh, Njai obviously was a surprise in 2020 when he did second in the Giro. And uh, I think, uh, you know, he showed how in 2020 he could be really good on the third week. So, I mean, for me, the approach uh, would be the same for all of them. And uh, as long as they are good and able to go over the first week in Italy, then uh, probably we can, uh, we can really play our cards in the best way possible. So it really depends on how they get through the, the first week and then the game plan will be, will be adapted. Exactly. And uh, I mean, it's also, from my point of view, it's difficult to say now uh, where uh, Vico can be the best or where Emu can be the best or where Jai can be the best. Uh, I mean, the level of all of them is quite good and generally, and uh, their strengths are really good for the big tours. And then we have to, to keep in mind and to, to bring all of them uh, in a safe position and in a safe place every single day and uh, from that on move on move forward and looking for the next day and next day and next day hopefully arriving uh, on the last uh, last week of the year that we are sitting in a good spot and then properly try to attack and to and to play the cards i mean this is, would be the perfect scenario so we have these three strong leaders Having said that, and without giving away too much here, do you think there's any particular point or stage in the race or any scenario where one of our GC guys may find themselves in a little bit of difficulty? I hope never, no. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> I, I think um, uh, knowing where we are coming from, uh, like I said before, it's... Um, it's really crucial to, to not suffer too much at the beginning of the Giro. And uh, if we are able to, to go over that, so to go over Etna in a good way and to go over that weekend in Italy uh, with Potenza, Napoli and the Blockhouse, then um, I think then, then it's good. And uh, for me, it's... Um, one of those four days could be one of the days where we suffer a little bit but uh, it will be really important that the guys they stay focused and they they stay they they truly believe on themselves and then this is the most important thing hopefully you know to be successful in a big tour or be in the podium in a big tour you have always to deal with a bad day. And, uh, you know, then it's depending always always how solid, how mentally strong are our leaders that they are able to go over that bad day in a quite good way, then uh, more success you can have in the final. Um, Emu Wilco and, and Chai, they all had to deal with some setbacks during the last weeks, especially when we... And we look at uh, the crash in Liège. Um, but they were not the only ones who had problems this year. Almost everyone on the peloton and also most of the favorites had uh, some troubles. How do you think will 
the whole situation or the whole build-up of this uh, season towards the Giro influenced the race? Well, uh, it's, uh, it's never nice to have these kind of setbacks in the last 10 days before the start of the Giro. And uh, above all, because this year, like we said, the Giro starts already pretty tough. But um, if we have to look on the, on the positive way, uh, Jai and Vilko, talking about Jai and Vilko, yes, they had, one was sick, Jai was sick and Vilko crashed out of Liegi. But um, it was really impressive how they could uh, deal with that mentally and uh, physically also. And, um, you know, if uh, they could ride pretty well the last weekend at home. And, um, and this is also the good thing is that they could do some few days off uh, before the Giro without touching the bike. And, um, you know, the trend of the last few years in cycling is that uh, every rider is pretty overtrained. And uh, somehow they could, uh, they could get some freshness. And uh, to approach a big tour is, is important to be fresh, first of all. And uh, I'm saying that looking at the past, what happened with many guys that got injured a few weeks before the Giro or a few weeks before the Tour de France, for example. Then they arrived to the Tour with not the perfect training, but they could perform pretty, pretty well at the end because because they recovered they could recover at home they could stay at home with the families and uh, and i mean uh, this is also important so i see that like a kind of good thing and uh, and why not maybe they could get some freshness back in uh, in their legs and uh, this is could be crucial for the last week yeah i really like that positive attitude there's always something, something good in everything that that happens. Yeah, obviously, I know it's uh, it's difficult to explain that to the riders because obviously they would like to have always the perfect approach to such an important uh, event. But uh, yeah, as I, I can I can bring them some few examples in the past of riders that they got really injured, they didn't train before the race, and then they perform so. I mean, what they did before to get injured or to get uh, sick, um, it doesn't go away in in few days, in three, four days. So at the end of the day, if all the approach since the, the, the winter has been quite good or quite solid, then it comes back first or later. Yeah. And this is a good thing of cycling in general. Okay. Um, so tell us, who are your favorites for the race apart from our guys of course and what do you expect from them uh, generally i could see that the roster from ineos and the roster from um, uae uh, are pretty solid and good and uh, i think uh, you know for ineos for example to let at home uh, guys like dunbar or viviani for example uh, that viviani is italian is a legend in italy that means that they are fully focused on GC and they are truly convinced to win the, the Giro with Carapaz for Ineos. And the same is uh, with, uh, with UAE. Okay, they brought uh, Gaviria uh, as a sprinter, but, um, but still, you know, Almeida uh, for me, last few years has been pretty solid on the last week and, uh, and is a young kid. 
So I think, uh, you know, with the right approach, with the right, you know, training before, probably can be a proper contender in a team like uh, where they are fully focused on, on, uh, on him and they have him as a GC contender. Then also I could see that uh, Bikes Exchange is coming full in for uh, Yates. So Yates was performing pretty well the last few days before the Giro now winning. And I think can be is used to be really good at the beginning. So can be also a good outsider, let's say. But like we said, Giro Italia is that long. Everything can happen every single day, even on the flat stages. So we should just be focused on ourselves and be be at the right spot, in the right place, in the right moment, and then take the, uh, an advantage from that. And then, uh, you know, something can really, something good can really happen. Don't tell any secrets, but um, <laughs> what's the overall game plan of Bora Hansgrohe for the Chiro d'Italia? Before, uh, I mean, since the, the winter, I think the goal was pretty clear. And uh, bringing our GC leaders, all of them in the Giro, was pretty clear. So was to try to reach the, the podium in uh, Verona. And uh, that is also kind of historical uh, results for the team because it never, uh, never achieved before in the past. So it's something also new. And uh, we know that, we all know that probably. And, uh, but we know also our setbacks. And then we know also what happened to all of them before the Giro. And, uh, and back, I mean, I, I will never say anything because uh, about a exactly result that we should be happy with. We start the race, we should be focused every single day. We should try to f take advantage of every situation. We have to go through different difficulties for sure and uh, we should be ready also to deal with that and then uh, I mean I'm, I'm still truly convinced that we can come back with something really good out of the Giro but uh, but I, I, I will never say what I mean <laughs> the overall plan is pretty clear when you when you look at the lineup exactly we are, we are not bringing sprinters in our uh, in our roster We have kind of uh, few jokers, if you want to call them like that, like uh, Lenny and, uh, and also Giovanni. And we have uh, really good team players like uh, Cece, Cesare, like uh, Ben and like uh, Gampi. So I think we are pretty, uh, pretty well balanced. And, um, and then yes, and like I said, Giro Big Tours is uh, above all Giro d'Italia if I have to compare Giro to the Tour de France. Tour de France normally you have always one team who is dominated all the others and then the, the race is pretty stable and, uh, and it doesn't have so many surprises. But Giro d'Italia is also famous for that. Uh, to have uh, any single stage is, uh, is uh, um, is simple to to read because in every day can happen something and there are some few obstacles that maybe you don't think about and you have to be ready to go over that and this is the probably also back to 
our your first questions to me this is why probably i really like the giro because if you are a creative rider then you can really enjoy the race you can really come back with something really good and to give you an example creative rider for me has been always nibali for example was uh, with him was super nice to work with and to be at the giro with him because uh, every day he could invent something different and this is the nice thing of the giro every day if you are good if you are ready if you are sometimes also a little bit foolish you can you know try to do something different and this is nice craziness to be ready to go out of the box that's something that i like to be honest it's uh, like we said we have many stages (laughs) that are uh, that are not categorized like super hard but they will be hard anyway so to round up the episode three weeks is a very long time and Gaspar you've participated in the Giro eight times so that's a lot of stages surely you have a standout funny or surprising story from all that time spent racing the Giro that you could tell us Probably I have too many that now I'm not able to bring the really good one uh, to you. But I mean, uh, Giro is so long and uh, like I said, no, uh, we have to go through many difficulties the, that at the end of the day we are for four weeks a family, proper, properly a family. You know, with many discussions, with many, sometimes even fights or you know above all between staff and riders or between staff and and staff and uh, the good thing that at the end of the day <laughs> we all get stressed for a bike race you know and then at the end you have two beers so one bottle of wine and then uh, the stress is over <laughs> so <laughs> i mean i've i have many you know memories uh, with um few beers in the bus after the stage as a rider eh? after a stage that was pretty a bad one uh, for all of us for all the team but uh, with that two beers the atmosphere then uh, could be back on the on the right uh, on the right track you know <laughs> i've heard you you already made a reservation in a restaurant in in verona for for after the Giro and everyone has to stay um, in the evening of the of the last stage. Yes, that was my my idea at the beginning, but I could see that maybe we have something organized already by the the team with some VIP experience or VIP something on the last stage in Verona. So probably. I have to have a look on that before uh, to book the restaurants. If not, we book the <laughs> restaurant and we don't go there. So, <laughs> but anyway, for me. But no one will go home in the evening. No, 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 no. No one has to go home on Sunday. No way. This is some something mandatory because uh, it's three weeks together um, with many experience, with many memories for sure. And then uh, we have to everybody cool down a little bit all the stress and uh, and to enjoy that this kind of uh, event and experience because um, it uh, it's something that uh, that will stay anyway forget uh, forever to everybody so it can be a good result or can be a, a really bad one 
I mean, I had a really good night out on my last Giro d'Italia in 2019 uh, with the mention data that was a proper disaster. No results, never top 10, almost never. Only a few days is with the Nizzolo with the sprinter, but otherwise no GC, out of GC, out of everything. But uh, at the end, we enjoy all together the last night in Verona. Well, I think that was a pretty interesting episode and I personally can't wait to join you, Gaspar, and the team in Italy in a few days' time. So thanks very much for sharing your insights with us today. And as always, a big thanks also to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Band of Brothers podcast. 